also uh, the second point is, you know, did you eat today? Did, you know, did you drink water? Did you sleep enough? Because sometimes having these discussions without being physically and mentally prepared is just going to drain you. And that's where emotional labor, um, you know, we hear that word a lot. I hear that word a lot. And um, I think that sometimes not wanting to deal with the, you know, emotional labor is something that's hard. Um, so we, you know, if we want, if we're out here trying to change things, then um, we got, we got to be kind to ourselves first. You know, can't what is it? You can't fill a cup when you're empty. That's what that's someone. There's a meme somewhere that said that and it resonated with me. <laughs> I think it's well said. Um, well, I want to thank you, Tammy and Sonia, for having good faith discussion with me here today. Um, this has been The Gap. I want to briefly mention that KBU is in our spring membership drive. We would love for you to become a member and support all of the wonderful programming on this station. We have a $10,000 match until the 22nd, so your money can go doubly far. Um, you can check that out at kboo.fm slash give or text kboo to 44321 and uh, support your local community radio station. Thank you all so much for tuning in. This has been The Gap. Coming up next at 9 is Arab Voices. Uh, you're going to be hearing a lot of what's been happening in the region. I recommend sticking around for it. Uh, thank you so much, Althea. Thank you so much, Sonia. This has been great. All the good faith discussions um, and many more are going to be coming up. We are here every week, Friday, 8 a.m., The Gap. Thank you so, so much. Have a fantastic weekend. Bye. You are yeah. listening to KBOO Portland. Hello, ahlan wa sahlan, and welcome to Arab Voices on Houston's community station. Listener-sponsored, commercial-free, KPFT 90.1 FM. With live streaming and online archive previous shows at both kpft.org and arabvoices.net. This is Saeed, executive producer and host of Arab Voices. This show is syndicated and it airs on other radio stations in different states in the U.S. Today on Arab Voices, I will conduct two interviews. I will speak with Suhaila, a Palestinian woman, member of one of the families, that Israel decided to expel and force them out of their own homes in Sheikh Jarrah neighborhood in occupied Jerusalem and give those homes to Zionist Israeli colonizers. I will also speak with Rami El-Mighari, an independent journalist, commentator, and university lecturer who is in Gaza, occupied Palestine. We will talk about the horrific situation in the Gaza Strip as a result of the Israeli terror attacks on the Gaza Strip that have killed now over 53 Palestinians, including 13 children and several women, and destroyed several residential buildings. But before we do that, I'd like to ask for your support and contributions to KPFT, this unique commercial-free Houston's community station, because KPFT is currently in membership drive, and that is a great opportunity to upgrade your listenership to listener sponsor. Become a member of the KPFT family. Most of you know that KPFT is mostly financed by listeners like you, and it does not rely on the corporate world to operate. So please give us a call right now at 713-526-5738 and make that tax-deductible contribution to support your community radio station. That's 713-526-5738. You can also make a pledge online at kpft.org. This station, KPFT, is unique in so many ways. It offers a diverse range of programming like this program, Arab Voices, that has been on KPFT for over 19 years. Yes, over 19 years of weekly programming. Hundreds of topics and over 1,000 expert guests appearing on this program from around the globe. So if you appreciate what the station has been doing, I ask you to support it and keep Arab Voices and other programs on the air. Please make that call and make a pledge of any amount, whether it's $60 or $360. Call 713-526-5738 or make a pledge online at kpft.org. Your support is greatly appreciated. Wednesday, May 12, 2020, marks the end of the month of Ramadan for Muslims around the globe, and that makes Eid al-Fitr on Thursday, May 13, 2021 a religious holiday celebrated by Muslims worldwide that marks the end of the month-long dawn-to-sunset fasting of Ramadan. Eid al-Fitr means festival of breaking the fast. 
By the way, right here in Texas, a bill has just passed the legislators a few days ago that designates the two major Islamic holidays, Eid al-Fitr and Eid al-Adha, as optional holidays for Muslim state employees. Eid Mubarak, taqabbal Allahu ta'atikum. Last week on Arab Voices, we talked about the ongoing Israeli ethnic cleansing of Palestine, and especially in Sheikh Jarrah neighborhood in occupied Jerusalem. And since then, Israel continued its attacks on Palestinian worshippers, attacking peaceful protesters and Muslims, praying inside Al-Aqsa Mosque with tear gas, stun grenades, beating them, shooting at them, injuring hundreds of Palestinians. Joining us from Sheikh Jarrah neighborhood in occupied East Jerusalem is Suhaila. She is a member of one of the families that are slated to be forcibly displaced, to be kicked out of their own homes from occupied Jerusalem by the Israeli occupation forces. Suhaila, welcome to Arab Voices. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Suhaila, tell us please in our listeners first about Sheikh Jarrah neighborhood that is making headlines throughout the world now in occupied East Jerusalem. Sure. Um, uh, Sheikh Zarrah is a neighborhood in East Jerusalem. It's uh, north of uh, Al-Aqsa Mosque. Uh, I mean, south of Al-Aqsa Mosque, because uh, Al-Aqsa Mosque is north of it. And um, it's, uh, it's a project that was uh, done uh, by the uh, UNRWA and the, um, the uh, Jordanians to provide housing for refugees who came from Haifa, Yafa, all those other uh, cities in Jerusalem in 1948. Uh, the project was done in 1956. Um, people and family, refugee families applied, you know, to receive the housings, and those families who, um, you know, were uh, approved uh, were, were given, you know, units uh, to live in. Uh, now, uh, they lived, uh, my dad, when they moved in, my dad was only five years old. Uh, so, um, Yanni, he's been living in this house uh, for almost 65 years. Uh, he got married in this house, and uh, he had all of us in this house, me my, and my siblings. And uh, we were born and raised, obviously, in the house. Uh, so, yes, that's, that's what's happening. And what's happening is that two uh, uh, settler organizations um, filed, uh, you know, court cases uh, against us, uh, claiming that these houses are for, uh, for them due to the fact that the land is theirs. So that, started, that all started in 1972. And ever since that date until today, uh, you know, uh, we've been having court uh, court hearings uh, every now now and then. And um, in May, uh, I, no, in October of last year, we received uh, orders of uh, eviction for uh, seven families, four of which uh, were uh, supposed to evict uh, on May second, and then three were supposed to uh, are are supposed to evict uh, in August. Uh, what we did is we took, um, uh, you know, the, the lawyers uh, filed an appeal for the Supreme Court for the four families that are that were supposed to uh, evict in May, and the appeal was accepted. And uh, the general advisor for the state of Israel is is looking into uh, the case, so they postponed it for they postponed the order of the eviction. Or, yeah, it might be eviction or some other uh, ruling for the uh, for the case. But they postponed it for a month. Uh, yeah, so we're hoping maybe something uh, else is going to happen. Inshallah, hopefully they won't evict them and um, they would stay in their homes. So that's basically the history and what's going on. So, Suhaila, your family has been living there for 65 years. You were born there yes. in Sheikh Jarrah. You live there. You're now there. Yes. Uh, and yes. this is just one family of several that the Israeli occupation yes. forces is trying to kick out to bring yes. Zionist Jewish-only people to live in these yes. homes. Uh, yes. Now, you mentioned UNRWA. Uh, the total of houses, 28 units. That's around 550 people residing in those units. 550 so Palestinians live in those homes yes. that will be taken from them. Yes. 
total of 500. And they are, uh, now you mentioned back, going back to UNRWA, that deal that was mm-hmm. made with Jordan in 1948 and in 1956, the deal was made and you were all mm-hmm. provided the, and so you were all refugees. Everybody who lives in Sheikh Jarrah, uh, Our refugees, refugees yes, from other areas, yes. they were kicked out from in 1948. Definitely. Yes, exactly. Exactly. That, that was one of the main, uh, يعني, um, uh, how, how do you say it? Um, uh, a condition. Uh, a condition, uh, yeah, for, for being accepted, for uh, living in the unit was to be a refugee. Know what I mean? Like, they, yeah. like for example, the family, my family, uh, my grandfather, uh, you know, had his 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 kids and his wife, and they were all living in a car shop. So uh, he would work during the day in the car shop, and then they would, you know, seek shelter and sleep uh, during the night. So he had no other place. He you know, had and applied for the, uh, you know, to receive the unit. Got it because he was a refugee and he met all conditions. That you know the UNRWA and the Jordanian government put. Now we talked about the Israeli courts, uh, and you know it's very hard to digest that an Israeli mm-hmm. court will come up with decisions based on fairness or any legalities, because this court really belongs to the occupation. The occupation entity yes. created it, so it can exactly. show the world that it's democracy when in fact it is not. Many many yes. homes have been taken over by the occupation. Many Palestinians yes. have been kicked out. So many houses yes. have been demolished. Yes, yes, yes. That's very true. Very true. I mean, going to the court, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't feel like uh, it's just for us because, as you said, the judges are all Israelis. Uh, yani, what can you do when yani, the, the the judge is? Basically, your enemy. I mean, what it's not gonna, they're probably gonna be more biased to, the, to their side, to the Israelis, uh, rather than us, even if it's yani, yani, the case uh, goes in our favor. Still, yani, they're gonna be biased for sure. And, and, yani, we're discriminated against because yani, we're Palestinians, and what they're trying to do is ethnically cleanse all the Palestinians out of East Jerusalem and kick everybody out because they want to take control over the whole of Jerusalem as a whole. And they don't want to, to keep any Palestinians in here. Yeah, and I think 40% of the population of occupied Jerusalem are uh, Palestinians and they, yes. uh, they discriminate, like you mentioned, against them big time. It's a racist yes. apartheid state. The Human Rights Watch Definitely. said it. Beit Salem, the Israeli human rights group, said it. Palestinians have been saying it and living it for 73 plus years anyway. So, Hayla, what we have witnessed uh, through satellite TV channels and social media over the past few weeks, and especially the last week or so, is nothing less than heroic steadfastness by the Palestinians in occupied Jerusalem to the brutal Israeli occupation and its plans to ethnically cleanse Sheikh Jarrah from Palestinians. Can you describe the scene on the ground? You are speaking to us now from Sheikh Jarrah. Yes, I am. I don't know if you can hear the chants. We have, you know, um, we there were over a hundred, yani over, let's say about two, three hundred people standing in the street chanting and just uh, singing songs. And the settlers, yani, were interrupted by the sounds. I don't know if you can hear. I'm going to try to get closer, but I have to be really careful because there are soldiers around. We can we can hear them. You need to stay safe, please. We can hear the, the yes. background. Okay. Yes, if you can hear the background. They're just yes. chanting and singing. They're not doing anything else. They're not armed. Uh, uh, they're, yeah, they're just uh, trying to let the soldiers and the Israelis hear their voices because they want to stay in their homes. That's what happens is that uh, the soldiers plan... We have a tactic where they, uh, you know, have uh, signals between each other. Because uh, they're surrounding the, the people in the street. Uh, there's a, like a group of soldiers in uh, towards the end, and then there's a group of soldiers at the at the top of the neighborhood. And so they give signals to each other, 
when they give the signals, the uh, military horses come down the street and they start, you know, uh, trying to spread the uh, demonstrators away. And then they come in a group and they attack. They attack the people and start throwing chairs and start throwing everything and pushing and, uh, you know, brutally uh, um, hit and kick and do all, again, experience all uh, sorts of uh, violence with the uh, demonstrators. And even at times they would throw sound bombs and tear bombs and uh, uh, they use tear gas. So, uh, yani they use a lot of force against unarmed uh, people who are just here trying to demonstrate peacefully for their cause, for their, their existence. Trying to protect their homes, uh, trying to yes, to uh, protect yes, exactly. the forcible... And their homes are their basic rights. Yani, can you imagine not having a shelter, not having a place to stay in and to feel safe and to feel relaxed in? Yani, I don't see how, hum- how inhuman... How, yani, how they can take such an essential right uh, away from you. So it's very inhumane, very unethical, very, uh, I don't don't understand. I don't know how to express my feelings towards towards such uh, an act, taking away your home from you, uprooting you from your country. That's just vicious. That's just evil. Absolutely, and nobody can understand that. It's only an apartheid, racist state like Israel that can do that because they're, exactly. they are nothing but a Zionist settler colonial okay, project. Now, uh, right now, I don't, I don't know if you can hear the cheering. Uh, we just received news that uh, Gaza strike Tel Aviv. Yeah, I was so. watching it on the news a few minutes ago, and yes, it, it, we saw that. And now uh, the sounds are getting really uh, <laughs> louder. <laughs> and Gaza, and Gaza is being attacked severely by the Israeli occupation forces. Uh, yes, yes. Uh, unfortunately, unfortunately, they they don't have any effects even in, uh, during strikes. And they uh, target civilians. They target little kids, ch- uh, kids, children, they don't care. Yeah. Now, in, in Sheikh Jarrah... In, Allah in, everybody. Allah yeah, there the are... Martyrs in Gaza. Yes. Uh, may God protect, you know, um, they lay in peace. There are 28 uh, reported killed in Gaza, including nine children, hundreds yeah, injured. Yeah. And in, uh, in occupied Jerusalem, according to the Palestinian Red Crescent, hundreds of Palestinians were injured from stunt grenades, from bullets, uh, many lost their eyes, horrific exactly. scenes that we have seen. They are also, you talked about they are attacking peaceful protesters, but they are also yes. where where they have stormed Al-Aqsa Mosque, people inside yes, yes. praying during yes. Ramadan. They yes. attacked them inside the mosque, and yes. this is unimaginable. What? Yes, and, and one thing that they did was um, in Al Marwani Mosque, there was prayer. Uh, you know, people who are who were praying, and what they did is they bombed them with the uh, uh, the gas bombs, and then they closed the doors and they you know just left them in. So people were running out of uh, breath, and uh, they had no uh, no means of air to come in. So they were all suffocating, and uh, you know. Um, Getting unconscious because of the lack of oxygen in the in the um, mosque. So, so yeah, they use. Uh, go ahead. Yeah, and I wanted to ask you about something that's important because it's not just the Israeli soldiers themselves doing this; they are allowing Zionist settlers, colonizers uh-huh. who are armed, yes. they are allowing them and protecting them in invading yes. your areas, in attacking Palestinians there and wreaking havoc. Could you talk more about those Zionist settlers that are wreaking havoc? Uh, yes, yes. Uh, especially in the neighborhood, like in the house that uh, they uh, have taken, uh, and there's a group of settlers uh, who, who are the ones who give orders for the uh, soldiers when to attack and who to attack and who exactly do they want to be uh, يعني, hit the most and who exactly they want to be arrested and they like they are allowed to do anything they want they are they're allowed to throw stones at us they're allowed to shoot us they're allowed to throw whatever they want at us 
بس and يعني the 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 soldiers do not say anything to them. But when we come يعني and we you know defend ourselves from the settlers or from the soldiers, then we get hit and we get shot at or we get arrested. And يعني we we experience a lot of violence from the soldiers and the settlers. How are the Palestinians coping with this? How are you all coping with this? Day in and day out for so many years. This is a daily occurrence, an ongoing ethnic it's cleansing and atrocities. Yes, 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 yes. We, يعني, I don't know how, but يعني, we go. We, we, we continue our day and we live. Uh, we have, um, I guess, um, I don't know how to say it, but enough. Good vibes, yeah, yeah, I guess. Well, let me... No, nothing can put us down. Even the settlers and the soldiers and the occupation and being uprooted, being ethnically cleansed, all of this is not putting us down. We're going to keep on um, living and we're going to keep on uh, living in our homes. We're not going to be uprooted, inshallah. We're not going to be uprooted from our homes uh, or kicked out or, uh, you know, evicted. Um, uh, We will fight for that, uh, yani for that right, you know, staying in our home and being in our land, on our land in Palestine for the last drop of blood in our veins. Yeah. You know, there is a huge, huge outrage worldwide to the ongoing oh, yes, Israeli definitely. ethnic cleansing and what they are trying to do in Sheikh Jarrah to you, to your yes. family, uh, including in the United States here and some yes. calling it as war crime. And uh, we yes. know it. We keep repeating it. It is nothing less than ethnic cleansing that started 73 plus years ago. But there are yes. more and more voices against what they are, uh, what Israel is doing, what they are watching and seeing on TV. This unjust. It's it's, uh, and uh, there are many really that are voicing their concerns. And hopefully that will translate into action because at the end of the day. Actions matter the most. Need some people, yes. the United States government or others, to suppress this Israeli terrorist behavior and its ethnic cleansing of uh, Palestine. Uh, yes. Any last yes. word you'd like to share with our listeners um, about what's happening? What there? I, w- uh, I wish that there was a video that I can show you what's going on now. That how you know the people are singing and chanting. But I can't. But I want to thank you. Thank you so very much for raising the awareness and letting people know about our case in Sheikh Jarrah and in Jerusalem and in Palestine as a whole. Um, yani, keep on uh, uh, supporting us. In Yani, you can support uh, through uh, the hashtag uh, Save Sheikh Jarrah. And um, yes, thank you for everything. Thank you, thank you so very much for everything. So, Haila, our prayers, thoughts, and solidarity are with you, your family, and all Palestinians as they bravely refuse to be forcibly displaced from their own homes by the Israeli occupation forces, refusing to be ethnically cleansed by the racist apartheid Israel. Thank you so yes, much for your time. You. We greatly appreciate thank it. You. you take care. Thank you. Yes, you do too. Thank Thanks. you. Bye-bye. Have an amazing day. Bye. Thank you. You're listening to Arab Voices on KPFT Houston, 90.1 FM. This is Saeed, executive producer and host of Arab Voices. The ethnic cleansing of Palestinians from Sheikh Jarrah neighborhood in occupied Palestine caused huge outrage amongst people throughout the world. Countless individuals, organizations, some governments, celebrities, and some politicians spoke against Israeli apartheid and ethnic cleansing. Texas Congressman Castro said, This is wrong. The forced displacement of Palestinian communities in East Jerusalem is illegal and unacceptable. The Biden administration must stand up for the rights of the Palestinian families in Sheikh Jarrah and urge the Israeli government to stop these evictions. U.S. Senator Elizabeth Warren said, The forced removal of long-time Palestinian residents in Sheikh Jarrah is abhorrent and unacceptable. The administration should make clear to the Israeli government that these evictions are illegal and must stop immediately. Congressman Shoei Garcia 
called for an end to the violent displacement of families in Sheikh Jarrah. Senator Chris Van Hollen said, as this makes clear, evictions of families in East Jerusalem would violate international law. If the Biden administration puts the rule of law and human rights at the heart of its foreign policy, this is not a moment of tepid statements. Congresswoman Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez said, We stand in solidarity with the Palestinian residents of Sheikh Jarrah in East Jerusalem. Israel forces are forcing families from their homes during Ramadan and inflicting violence. It is inhumane and the U.S. must show leadership in safeguarding the human rights of Palestinians. Congresswoman Elhan Omar said, We provide $3.8 billion in military aid to the Israeli government a year without any accountability. As we speak, the Israeli military plans to force over 500 Palestinians from their homes. We must make sure that no U.S. tax dollars are used to fund this violence. Omar also said on the Israeli attack on Gaza, Many will tell you Israel has a right to defend itself, to safety and security, but are silent on whether Palestinians have those rights too. Until we can defend the rights of Palestinians just as we do Israelis, we have no leg to stand on when it comes to justice or peace. She also said, Israeli airstrikes killing civilians in Gaza is an act of terrorism. Palestinians deserve protection. Unlike Israel, missile defense programs such as Iron Dome don't exist to protect Palestinian civilians. It's unconscionable to not condemn these attacks on the week of Eid. Congresswoman Rashida Talib said, Hundreds of Palestinians are on the verge of being kicked out of their homes by the Israeli government right now. Join me in demanding that Palestinians be able to remain on their own land. She also said, too many are silent or dismissive as our U.S. tax dollars continue to be used for this kind of inhumanity. I am tired of people functioning from a place of fear rather than doing what's right because of the bullying by pro-Israel lobbyists. This is apartheid, plain and simple. Senator Bernie Sanders said, the United States must speak out strongly against violence by government-allied Israeli extremists in East Jerusalem and the West Bank and make clear that the evictions of Palestinian families must not go forward. Congressman Andrew Carson said, I am extremely dismayed by Israel's efforts to forcefully evict Palestinians from their homes in Sheikh Jarrah. The U.S. must show more leadership on the issue of Palestinian rights in the Holy Land, the West Bank, and Gaza. Congresswoman Biri McCollum said, Police violence against Palestinians in Sheikh Jarrah who only want to remain in the homes they've lived in for generations is state-sponsored persecution. No U.S. taxpayer dollars should support the annexation of Palestinian land or destruction of Palestinian homes. By the way, Congresswoman Betty McCollum, she introduced House Resolution 2590. McCollum's legislation prohibits Israel from using taxpayers' dollars in the occupied West Bank and East Jerusalem for the military detention, abuse, or ill-treatment of Palestinian children in Israeli military detention to support the seizure and destruction of Palestinian property and homes in violation of international humanitarian law, or to extend any assistance to support for Israel's unilateral annexation of Palestinian territory in violation of international humanitarian law. Roger Waters, the famous English rock musician, singer, songwriter, and composer, released a statement via video, and here is what he said. So, I've been getting all these reports uh, from all my friends, Palestine Legal, obviously, but also a lot of my friends in Israel and a lot of my friends all over the world from South America, from Colombia, from uh, Chile, from San Diego, from, from other places in South America. And they're all saying the same thing. They're going, Sheikh Jarrah, Jerusalem. What? What? And Biden is still going, oh, I support Israel in anything. To oh, what, you support them in this genocidal removal of people from their homes? How would you like it, Joe Biden? You're sitting at home. There, that's your home. It's where your family have lived for hundreds of years. And some are 
Oh, comes along and goes, oi, that's ours. I'm a settler. I'm going to take your house from you. You can, I don't care what you do, die. That would be the very best thing. I mean, it is inconscionable, unbelievable. Makes me so angry. What can you do? What can you do? What can you do? Hey, go and walk it. I tell you what I can do. I can make this little video and I can post it and I can tell you that it breaks my heart. And I'm so glad that um, Human Rights Watch has now followed the lead of Betzalem, the human rights organization, the Israeli human rights organization that a number of months ago declared that Israel is an apartheid state. Israel is an apartheid state. Hey guys, you remember that? We're not gonna play in Sun City. I thought we had something against apartheid. We certainly did when it was South Africa. Well, why haven't we got something against it now that it's Israel? That's what I wanna know. I'm starting a campaign to try and persuade FIFA and UEFA to stop playing soccer against them. That will focus the attention. I know it would. It certainly did to the South Africans who suddenly went, oh my God, they won't play rugby or cricket with us. We must be doing something. Yeah, you were. You were committing the international crime of apartheid, just like the state of Israel is now. Basically, what we have been witnessing over the past few days and weeks in Sheikh Jarrah in occupied Jerusalem, in Gaza, in the West Bank, throughout really historic Palestine, in areas that have been occupied since 1948 is not new nor is it a one-off crisis. It is an ongoing ethnic cleansing of Palestine by racist apartheid Israel that started 73 years ago. It is a Zionist settler colonial project funded by more than 3.8 billion U.S. taxpayers' money annually. There are hundreds of protests and rallies scheduled throughout the world, including right here in the United States, to commemorate the 73rd anniversary of the Nakba, the Palestinian catastrophe, and the Israeli ethnic cleansing of Palestine. And in Houston, an event is scheduled for Saturday, May 15th from 3 p.m. to 6 p.m. at Discovery Green in downtown Houston. More information about that is on our website, arabvoices.net. You're listening to Arab Voices on KPFT Houston, 90.1 FM. This is Saeed, executive producer and host of Arab Voices. Shortly, I will speak with Rami el Mirari, an independent journalist, commentator, and university lecturer who is in Gaza, occupied Palestine. We will speak about the horrific situation in the Gaza Strip as a result of the Israeli terror attacks on the Gaza Strip. But a reminder that KPFT Houston's community station is currently in fun drive, and because KPFT relies on your support to operate, I am asking you to please call us right now and make a tax-deductible contribution. Listeners who take the step to become contributors are our most important source of funding. During this membership drive, please make a gift in support of the wide variety of shows that matters more than ever on KPFT. Give online at kpft.org or call 713 713- Five two six five seven three eight. Members are the single most important source of funding for 90.1 KPFT. Why don't you call right now to make your membership investment and become a part of that important source? 713-526-5738 is the number, or you can give online at kpft.org. And if you make your membership a sustaining one, you'll be supporting the station for years to come. 713-526-5738 We now go to the Gaza Strip in occupied Palestine where Israel has been launching horrific attacks and bombardments of the Gaza Strip since Monday killing at least 43 Palestinians including 13 children and 3 women wounding more than 300 and causing severe damage and destruction to several residential buildings Joining us from Gaza is Rami Al-Mirari, an independent journalist and commentator. He is a lecturer on media and political translation at the Islamic University of Gaza. Rami, welcome back to Arab Voices. Yeah, thank you for hosting me, actually, uh, Saeed, and it's my pleasure to talk to you again about whatever the situation here in Gaza. You are there in Gaza now, you live there. 
Could you describe the situation inside yeah. the Gaza Strip? Yeah. Uh, the situation is uh, is very tense for the time being, as Israel has been threatening more attacks to be carried out against the Gaza Strip uh, recently in the past 24 hours, and actually that's what has been seen and, and observed on the ground, as uh, many repeated uh, repeated strikes, repeated air strikes, uh, even uh, at once at one time. Israel uh, launched uh, a series of airstrikes on the Gaza Strip, uh, destroying either completely or partially many buildings, including residential, institutional, and some other local government-run uh, organizations. Uh, the most apparent uh, shilling by Israel of uh, the Palestinian uh, buildings here is that uh, that uh, of the. Uh, residential towers uh, that are inhabited by uh, local Palestinians, uh, inhabited by institutions and organizations, even, uh, even, even if Israel claims that uh, these buildings contain some apartments, rent apartments for some organizations in the territory, mainly the Islamist Hamas party, the ruling Hamas party, this might not allow Israel to, to do that in, in international law or in other perspectives. As many observers here, commentators, including the right groups and the uh, and the uh, and the uh, actually legal uh, personalities, suggest that uh, this is a kind of uh, a, a, a collective punishment, punishment policy that is rejected by, that is condemned and criticized by the international law. At the end of the day, the situation here under Gaza, in the Gaza Strip is very tense for the population. You know, Gaza is uh, sort of uh, a very uh, tiny uh, coastal territory uh, with a very limited size of territory, limited size of land, and uh, it's populated by more than two million, so it's the most, it's said to be the most populated around the world, actually. And this uh, leads us to the fact that when Israel takes an action against Gaza or carries out a, a sort of attack uh, against the territory, uh, what happens uh, is literally uh, the, the, the high amount of casualties that uh, might be caused by any Israeli action or attack against the Gaza Strip. Um, houses are very uh, close to each other, very close actually to each other. Uh, high rises uh, are uh, also close to each other. Some areas have high rises, uh, have high rises, uh, uh, have certain high rises. Some other areas have uh, uh, asbestos, uh, asbestos uh, sealed, uh, asbestos ceilings. Feelings. That's that's the situation. Many of the of the, of the areas of Gaza, many of the areas of Gaza, are populated by refugees. There are eight refugee camps in the territory, and these refugee camps are the most densely populated parts of the territory. And that's what happened actually um, in the in the last uh, twenty forty eight hours when Israel attacked uh, a, um, a building in, in the heart of the Al-Shatta refugee camp in west of Gaza City. Uh, this building was attacked. Only a part of the building, an apartment that belongs to a certain family in Gaza, Israeli warplanes or Israeli drones attacked that building, that apartment building, killing a mother and her 17-year-old child, actually. This, and this child is said to be uh, someone who is handicapped or, or with special needs. I myself, as a reporter, as a journalist, who might have some kind of, uh, of work and authority in, this, in these times, I was able to meet some of the neighbors of that uh, particular part of the of the of Gaza, the, the, the sorry of that particular house in which a woman and her son was killed were killed, and they told me that it was a very shocking moment for them to the extent that some to the extent that uh, uh, an elderly uh, person an elderly person 
who is a 70-year-old and has grandchildren, told me literally, told me myself, and this is this is what I reported on uh, Pacifica Radio for KPFA uh, in uh, Berkeley. That's what, what my report as as a part as my, a part of my work as a correspondent for Pacifica Radio, and this was aired by Pacifica Radio, by the way. This person who is called Masoud, 70-year-old, he was completely shocked by the uh, Israeli uh, rockets uh, hitting Al-Sad's refugee camp and hitting uh, his neighbor's house, uh, he told me that his grandchildren, when the, the house was attacked, uh, threw themselves into his arms out of fear and shock. This is a part of that Israeli actions uh, that uh, take place in, in Gaza, not only this time, but every time, by the way. Many people are uh, injured or, or wounded by kind of a shock or panic. Uh, many others are being hit by, are uh, being uh, affected uh, in terms of their own lives as uh, people uh, die or people are killed because of Israel's children actually are killed. And that's, that's the situation for the time being is many of those killed were children, many others of those injured also are children and women, and that's the situation absolutely for uh, the moment in the territory, and uh, uh, unfortunately, sadly, many people just express their fears and concerns that they are not going to observe the Eid occasion of Al-Fitr, which comes uh, right after the holy month of Ramadan of fasting, as uh, today, as you are talking to me, is the end of the holy month of Ramadan, which is always, which is uh, usually followed by the Eid Al-Fitr, in which people celebrate, uh, observe this occasion, celebrate, visit each other and have some special kind of traditions and uh, and, uh, and and actually habits which are very nice that comes after the fasting that's that's the the, the sad part of the by the people the sad part of the people and uh, people just just say and I hear from them that that uh, unfortunately they are not going to observe uh, this Eid uh, uh, in, a, in a normal way, but uh, instead they are going to observe more, more uh, attacks, uh, likely deadly attacks by the Israeli uh, army, which has which uh, whose officials and uh, and the other Israeli government officials uh, said it outright that uh, they would. Uh, uh, deal a hard blow to the uh, Hamas and the Islamic Jihad uh, groups. But in fact, every time when they say this, every time the Palestinian civilians, the Palestinian population, pay a very pay a very high price for what Israel always contends and claims that it is uh, in a war against the, 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 what they call terrorists. By the way, what they call terrorist, uh, uh, what they call terrorist groups, mainly Hamas and the Islamic Jihad. By the way, uh, they are not terrorist groups. They are armed resistance factions, and that is very, uh, very intrinsic and very known, very well known in international laws and in international communities. A standard that uh, people under occupation are not called terrorists, and there is no specific definition of terrorist, no specific definition of terrorist, even by uh, the United Nations. Uh, uh, the, the United Nations. So what I'm going, what I really want to say here, and what to refer to here, is uh, the terrorists that are being attacked by Israel, uh, 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 between the brackets, I mean, between the brackets, uh, are not only Hamas and Israel, all the Palestinian resistance factions are engaged in, uh, in, in, in a state of uh, retaliation to Israeli practices and Israeli actions that are always reported from time to time, frequently reported from time to time, the latest of which was the Jerusalem's uh, incidents in which Israel uh, blocked the prayers of uh, Muslim worshippers in a very holy month time, in a very holy uh, month of Ramadan, in a very holy time. Also, they've really planned to evict Palestinian residents from the Sheikh Jarrah neighborhood. 
So whatever the pretext is, whatever the reasons and the causes of uh, of any flare-up of conflict is, um, I'd like to say that uh, every time Israel holds the Palestinian uh, the Palestinian factions or parties responsible for the flare-up of the conflict or for the intensity of the conflict, but in fact the intensity of the conflict comes first and foremost from the part of Israel which kills which launches very deadly attacks against the population in a very disproportionate way. And that's what I really uh, would like to refer, to, to refer and to end my talk with. It's always disproportionate. Israeli attacks against Gaza are disproportionate compared with Palestinian uh, fire from Gaza into nearby Israel. And uh, let me just uh, give you a, a cite an example. Yesterday, uh, I was able to talk to, uh, to to some media interviewed me over Skype. I was uh, I was wondering of what they were saying about referring to the 130 rockets launched by Hamas against Israel. I told them, right? I tell you this again that suppose that these these uh, kind of rockets are as very sophisticated as those owned by Israel as a, as a, as a, as a state, uh, as a big state uh, in the Middle East, as a, a normal state in the Middle East. So imagine that these rockets were as very sophisticated as those owned by Israel. I do believe, and may you might be, you might believe that these rockets would have destroyed a whole town inside Israel, but in fact they are not. They are uh, majority. Majority of them are uh, are said to be homemade, and uh, uh, also majority of them, when they are fired into Israel, are blocked and intercepted by the Israel sophisticated uh, machineries or sophisticated uh, machines, like the what they call, what they term, what they describe the uh, the the uh, the doom or the uh, the ironic the ironic doom uh, interception uh, facility or or technology that's the situation here very disproportionate palestinians palestinians living in this part of the world in gaza are always the ones are always the ones who pay the very high price for the actions uh, on both sides of that border in Israel and uh, in the Palestinian territories, in the Palestinian territory, mainly in the Gaza Strip. And uh, this is not the first time, of course, Israel launches a massive attack on the Gaza Strip. They've done it many times over the years. Yeah, and not to forget not. that Gaza, the Gaza Strip, as you mentioned, the most densely populated area on this planet, two million people live in a very, very small area. They have been under yeah. a severe blockade yeah. for over 15 years now. And that has severe yes, consequences from the economy, unemployment, rate. strangulation. Yes. This, yeah, this, this is a very good point. And I believe that uh, over the past wars against Gaza, especially or including the 2014 Israeli war on the territory, which was very uh, very tough one and left thousands of people dead and thousands of others injured and points of infrastructure <clears throat> completely destroyed or far or completely or partially destroyed and also residential towers, high rises were destroyed. So Israel began this round of attack against Gaza against Gaza with whatever with what it ended the war until in two thousand fourteen. For the for the siege itself, I do believe that the the problem is relies or lies in the fact that over the past wars, Israel, uh, by mediation efforts, by kind of mediation efforts, by international parties, by Egyptians, by others, uh, <coughs> had glitched to ease the blockade of Gaza, to give some to lift some of the restrictions on the border on the movement to make life easier for the Palestinian people, to uh, uh, open uh, sorts of uh, seaports or uh, think of uh, rebuilding the uh, destroyed international airport. All these pledges and promises have gone without any kind of, um, of, of implementation, any kind of commitment, real commitment from the side of Israel as the occupying power. So I believe that uh, this is 
what is in what is uh, believed to be in Gaza is an uh, is amounting to frustration, frustration over frustration, disappointment over disappointment, with people are being dis- unemployed, with people are being are living under poverty line. Um, about forty second, forty second uh, percent of of um, of the force, the labor force is unemployed. Uh, most of 50% of the population live under poverty line according to international standards. More than 80 or 90% of the population rely on food aids provided by the United Nations Relief and World Agency for Palestine refugees. Uh, shut down the facilities, the industrial facilities in Gaza have been shut, forced to shut down. About 90% of them have been forced to shut down because of the Israeli restrictions and the blockade and the lack of raw materials to run these facilities. Electricity supply just comes at the electricity supply is very is in a very deep shortage as people just uh, have eight to ten hours a day uh, electricity of electricity supply and the rest of the day it's off being plunged into darkness. So, uh, and people just to go to other alternative sources, which are very costly and very expensive and cannot be afforded by the people, by many people. As I told you, eight, eight areas of Gaza are refugee camps. There are there eight refugee camps in which about one million, two thousand Palestinians live. And the major, the other, the rest of the population is not refugees. So these refugees rely on food aid by UNRWA, United Nations Relief and Works Agency. So what is being observed here is some kind of uh, absolutely indicators of, uh, of uh, they are indicators of frustration, disappointment for the population. So the more they squeeze Gaza, the more Gaza gets angry. So when, unless unless they they sort out these problems, they resolve these issues, they work on ending such a very desperate situation. The situation for Gazans and for those living near Gaza will not be good and will not be changed. That's my point. Last but not least, dear. Yes, absolutely. But, you know, we've seen the steadfastness of the Palestinians in, in Gaza, in Jerusalem, in Sheikh Jarrah, in the West Bank, in the 1948 areas, it's unbelievable. And and this is not new. They have been like this for so many years, for 73 plus years. And this ongoing Nakba, the catastrophe, has been ongoing for 73 plus years, ethnic cleansing of Palestine. And the Palestinians have been standing their ground since then, and they've been telling the world this is an apartheid racist state. Finally, Human Rights Watch spelled it out. It is an apartheid state. Beit Salem, the Israeli human rights group, also in January said it. It is an apartheid state. The world is witnessing that. They become to finally recognize what the Palestinians have been saying for so many years. It's ethnic cleansing that has been ongoing for so long that needs to really stop. Uh, Rami, the chief prosecutor of the International Criminal Court, the ICC, uh, Bin Souda, uh, she just released a statement uh, voicing concern over what's happening. Everybody's voicing concern. The question is, will they do action? But she said that this, what's happening could amount to crimes. Uh, crimes may have been uh, committed. What is your message to the world or to people out there in terms of action on what really needs to happen to stop these attacks by Israel? My message begins with one main word, awareness. Raise your own awareness in a very deep way about what's going on in this very critical part of the world. Palestine is very important in terms of history, in terms of faith, in terms of modern times, in terms of whatever. So raise your awareness about the situation. Go to the real story. Go to the real narrative. Don't hear from one side and blind and turn a deaf ear to the other side hear from both and have a mind to think about these narratives in a very rational and a very logic way in a very faith way 
in a very, uh, let me say, pious way. Be pious when you read, when you hear, when you listen about, when you watch about the history or the uh, uh, what's going on in here in Palestine. Uh, Palestinians, as you just said, that this is an apartheid regime, and that's that's a very a very good feeling by Palestinians to consider the Israeli actions an apartheid, which means that Palestinians never never wanted to never wanted to dismiss the Israelis. They want the Israelis to live with them side by side, but in terms of and uh, under equality, equal rights with. Uh, no one is superior to other. Both can live in peace in this part of the world in Palestine, peacefully, to have a peaceful coexistence. So describing this as an apartheid state is a very good and, and let me say, good feeling by Palestinians. But Israel, by its actions, does not indicate or send out a good feeling to Palestinians. They're separating Palestinians, making their lives very hard, and putting them in the corner in the West Bank. About 62% of the population and of the areas in the West Bank and the Palestinian West Bank are controlled completely, administratively and security by Israel, which is uh, which is and and surround these areas with walls with others. So I do believe that for awareness. Let me just be brief. Awareness is the most important element about the conflict here in Palestine for the international audiences, for the Americans. Then what is needed after having the awareness and being well aware of the situation, of the modern times, of the history, of the connections, of the faiths, of the religious claims or whatever. After this, what is needed is to stand, stand with justice, to stand uh, with justice being you on your side, with justice being on your mind, to stand against your government that literally supports Israel financially, politically, and whatever. At what what is the what is the uh, let me say uh, for what they are they are they are uh, supporting Israel utterly. Or completely vis a vis the Israeli, the Palestinian legitimate right to live in peace and equality in this part of the world. So I think, believe, I believe awareness is the most important element and the first and foremost element. Then comes the action. Actions cannot be taken without awareness. When you are aware well of what what's going on, what needs to be done, what what is that and what is this, then you can take action. That's my point. Absolutely. A great point, uh, Rami, and that's what we're trying to do here on Arab Voices, awareness, so people really know what's happening from the true experts like yourself, Rami Al-Mirari, an independent journalist and commentator and university lecturer who was joining us from Gaza in occupied Palestine. Not only in the Islamic universe. I am a, I am a, a media lecturer, uh, an independent, okay, part-time media lecturer who lectures at uh, whatever university uh, in Gaza, Al-Aqsa, Palestine, Islamic, whatsoever, when he is demanded to, to lecture in the media field, in English language. And we were really uh, fortunate to have you on Thank the program you, to tell us uh, what it is like in occupied Gaza. We greatly appreciate your time, Rami al Mirari, so much. Thank you and stay safe. You are welcome, Tai. Thank you very much. Shukran iktir, Rami. Allah ma'akum wa yahmikum, inshallah. Allah Another reminder that on Saturday, May 15th, a protest and rally will be held in Houston from 3 p.m. to 6 p.m. at Discovery Green in downtown Houston. It is a protest against Israeli ethnic cleansing of Palestine, its ongoing attacks, and to commemorate the 73rd anniversary of the Nakba, or Palestinian, catastrophe. More information on that is on our website, arabvoices.net. And there is a list of 
so many events scheduled throughout the world and the United States, all of them are compiled on one website, the Samidun Palestinian Prisoner Solidarity Network. It's a great resource and they have compiled an updated list of all upcoming events to commemorate the 73rd anniversary of the Nakba and to protest what's happening against Palestinians by the Israeli apartheid state. That website is samidun.net, S-A-M-I-D-O-U-N.net, and we will have a link to that on our website, arabvoices.net. You're listening to Arab Voices on KPFT Houston, 90.1 FM. This is Saeed, executive producer and host of the show. Did you know that this program, Arab Voices, has been on the air since April 2002? That's right, over 19 years of weekly Arab Voices programming. Nearly 1,000 programs covering different topics, with more than 1,000 expert guests appearing on this show from around the globe. All of that has been possible because of your support to KPFT, Houston's community station, our community radio station. And it is time for the membership drive. Please call right now to support KPFT 713-526-5738 and make a tax-deductible contribution or make it online at kpft.org. Every dollar counts. Think of the value you get out of KPFT and really for everyone who listens. You know that not everyone can contribute, but if you can and appreciate what KPFT brings you every day, please consider a pledge because KPFT relies on you, the listener, for support. The phones are open. There is room for your call. Help keep up the momentum. Call 713-526-5738. I'd like to thank all who called in to support KPFT and Arab Voices. It's not too late to call 713-526-5738 or donate online at kpft.org. And that does it for the show today. Thanks for listening. This is Said, executive producer and host of Arab Voices. Until we meet next week. Hi, I'm David Brower, David, David R. Brower, and I add the R because there are a hundred other David Browers in the United States, and that keeps me separate from most of them. I like the direction you're going in, KBOO, Portland, and I wish you had a lot more company. Hi, this is 